Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Establish the Collection. I'm Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host, Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? Cody, it is good. Episode 21 on September 21st, which is one of my best friend's birthday. Shout out to my friend Matt. Also, it is the two-year anniversary of the day I got engaged. We were supposed to get married over a year ago, but great day, September 21st on for our 21st episode. Feeling good. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to you. Engagement. When's when's the big wedding day coming up? Are you are uh, we going to be up. missing Gary for a couple of weeks? Or are you going to be? Yeah, actually, be in- good, good good call. Yeah, so it's coming up December 18th, so a little th- under three months away. And we just booked. We're not going to do a full honeymoon right after the wedding, uh, but we did just book a mini moon to Colombia to Cartagena right after that. So that's supposed to be an awesome city, uh, fun town. We'll be gone for about a week right after, and then I think next summer we're going to do a big uh, Europe blowout in Italy, France. Uh, and a couple other places. So, you know, when you win a Millie Maker, you can pretty much honeymoon however the hell you <laughs> want. So, shout out to you, hashtag how rich, and also congrats on the sex, the uh, the marital sex. No more sex out of wedlock. Not that you would ever do that. So, <laughs> no, never. All right, we've got a we've got a jam packed episode, man. We were talking, uh, thinking through show topics today, and it's like baseball season is rounding into postseason form. Yep. There's a bunch of playoff races still yet to be decided. NBA preseason is somehow just like two weeks away, Ridiculous. Uh, which again, shout out to you because you're going to be grinding as hard as I'm grinding showdown slates. So uh, yeah. <laughs> the it's crazy. NBA is podcast is going to be pretty busy in the next over the next couple of weeks and months. It's going to be, it's going to be a wild time. Our uh, NBA slack starting to heat back up again with Gallagher and, and Dink and even Leone getting in there at the projection stuff. And uh, I'm just keeping an eye on it. But I'm like, oh, boy, soon I'm diving headfirst back into NBA, which I, I do not feel ready for that. I'll be completely honest. We are in week three or, you know, going into uh, week three of the NFL season. It's just uh, my head is not there yet. But listen, when it is, I'll be ready to go. I, lo- I love I love the hoops and I'm excited to uh, work for ETR again this year on the NBA side. It seems like we just like the finals just ended. So we've it got we, again, we're going to be we're going to be rounding into MLB pace postseason form uh nba season is quickly rounding into shape nfl season is hot and heavy and and it's a bloodbath in the dfs streets as it generally is until we hit big one week uh ufc ufc is is starting to get hot and heavy and actually that's that's a perfect transition here because we teased a giveaway or i teased a giveaway uh probably a month ago now and I said, if you guys got us a big number in the review column on Apple iTunes, I would reward you with the giveaway. And we haven't. It's been pretty stagnant, boys and girls. It's been pretty stagnant. So we're going to need you to come through for us if you would. I think we're sitting at 85 reviews on Apple iTunes last I checked. If you get us up to 100, if you get us up to 100, I've got a big UFC name for you. We've got a base, Kamzat Chemaev. I talked about this guy. He's going to be fighting at UFC 267 on October 30th. I've also got a Kamzat Chemaev silver. That I will give away as well. These are obviously ungraded. Nothing, nothing really graded in the UFC streets, but uh, silver and base. And if somehow, I know how many of you guys listen to this show. We've got the we've got the analytics on this. We know how many of you are listening. So just take the thirty seconds that it'll take to leave us a review. Tell us how great we look. Tell us whatever you want to tell us. Tell us what kind of content you want to hear. It doesn't matter. But I've got a red numbered out of two seventy five, two twenty one out of two seventy five. So if you guys get us to 150 reviews on Apple iTunes. So sub, rate, review the podcast. Got a three-card giveaway for you guys. One of our lucky listeners will get that. So again, we, we as always, appreciate you guys being here. Show us a little love on Apple iTunes. Helps us grow the show. It's really all we can ask for. This is free. Uh, you know, we take probably way too much time out of our day to sit here and shoot the shit even before we go on air. So uh, as always, we really appreciate you, appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, absolutely. And what should we should we give a deadline on that, Cody? Should we say uh, for the one fifty? Should we say by the time Cosmot fights, or is that too much time? Yeah. No, let's do it. He fights on October thirtieth on an absolutely loaded card. So this you is going to be over perfect. A month. I, I'm serious. We're going to have uh, UFC is going to get extremely hot, uh, and I think the UFC card market is going to respond. I won't take too much of the show's time to discuss this today, but UFC two sixty six this weekend on September twenty fifth. We've got two title fights. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. We've probably got one of the best female fighters in Valentina Shevchenko, another title fight. Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz. Shout out back to the glory days of UFC. Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz fighting again. Wow. Uh, and then obviously UFC 267 with Kamzat. I think he's one of the best up-and-coming prospects the UFC's had in a while. 9-0, absolutely electric guy. He's fighting Li Jing Lang as like a minus 350 favorite. So after he wins that fight, which I expect him to do, his card market I expect will skyrocket. 
on that same fight, we on that same card, we've got Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Jan, Jan Blachowicz versus Glover Teixeira. We've just got, I mean, it's just so much action over the next couple of weeks and months in the UFC. I expect the card market to respond according, accordingly as it's, you know, front and center in the sports hobby, even with football and basketball and baseball going on. So, yeah, yeah. Fine. get that by October 30th before comes out fights. If we've got 150 reviews by then, I'll give away all three cards. As soon as we hit a hundred, uh, I'll give away those first two. So we'll give, we'll do two separate giveaways. I'll give away the first two when we hit a hundred and I'll give away that third one when we hit 150. So you're a good man, it, boys and girls get after you're it. You're a good man, Cody Main. Uh, and yeah, sounds good, man. I'm looking forward to keep an eye on those cards as well. I mean, we have both prism and select UFC circulating out there now. So two high end products that will be an interesting, or be interesting to keep an eye on those markets as the, the hot cards come on, come on here, you know? Yeah, you bet. All right, enough, enough UFC talk. I, I've stolen the show's time enough. You've done that enough with F1. We've got our niche sports <laughs> that we're both into. Let's get to some football, man, because football has been uh, incredibly exciting over the first two weeks of the season. We're going into another exciting week three. Things are really going to start heating up as as teams start to separate themselves, I believe, uh, <laughs> as we'll get into with our week two takeaways, week one takeaways uh, leading into week two. Uh, that we recorded Friday, we kind of got buried by a few guys who who made us look a little idiotic for doubting them, and I think we're we're right on on a couple guys that we're pretty high on still that that performed well in week two. But before we do that, if you guys haven't listened yet, we did a uh, sports card draft, if you will, where Gary, Adam Levitan, and I drafted a five man NFL sports card roster on our go to fractional marketplace dibs, friend of the show dibs. Uh, partner of the show dibs if you guys have yet to check out dibs it's an incredible platform you can basically buy and trade and sell fractional shares of sports cards on their platform 24 7 instantaneously so if you want to buy at any time you certainly can if you want to take advantage of a hot market and sell also available to do that i'll drop the link in the show notes as we did on last shows uh, on last episode if you guys want to check out dibs please do so show them some love they've got some incredible stuff coming out we want to get back to that draft and kind of do a, just a quick cursory glance at how things are performing over the first couple of weeks. So Gary, if you can get that pulled up and, and maybe give yeah, us a share screen, if you will, we'll take a look at that. And, and for those of you following along on YouTube, you'll be able to check this out. But before, before, as Gary's doing that, we just want to mention that they do have an upcoming drop, a Tom Brady drop. And by the time you guys, by the time some of you guys are listening to this, it may have already happened, but dibs is continuing to run these discounted drops uh, go to the drops page now that you've got it pulled up your phone. Yeah, yeah, we, can, yeah. we can follow along here. Um, so on their coming soon section, you'll see the upcoming drops that uh, are scheduled. So tomorrow, Wednesday, they've got this drop for this 2002 Topps Chrome Tom Brady PSA 10. There's four separate drops, actually two separate drops, two cards in each drop. And as you can see, it's discounted a little bit. Um, these, the, what they're doing basically is they're taking last sold value on card ladder and providing some sort of discount to users on dibs. So I believe this card last sold via card ladder uh, at $3,500. So they're giving us a 12, 12% discount on that first one and a 7% discount on that second one. So if you guys want to get in there, you can you can buy as much or as little as you want. Yeah, 3,500 there, as you can see, last sold. So um, I highly average. encourage you guys to take advantage of these before they hit the open marketplace. Check out the drops. And if there's a card that you're interested in, Get your account funded, check it out, get there early because these things tend to go quick. And uh, yeah, then then as it trades on the secondary market, you'll see that thing closely approach its uh, actual valuation. So just a nice little kind of a deposit bonus, if you will, for signing up for dibs and, and checking out these coming soon drops. But why don't we take a look at the draft that we had because there are some hits early in the season and there are some misses. You've got your account Absolutely. pulled up here. So why don't we take a look at Let's maybe a few it. of your first quarterback picks uh let's let's do it and um we should say with that that tom brady card i believe that 2002 is his first tops chrome so the reason that holds significance obviously it's his third year in the league but i believe it's his first tops chrome also you know those types of cards uh it's kind of like the jordan in the the late 80s early 90s you know like mm -hmm. all the fleer types of things that they all uh hold value you know it's it's kind of his flagship card for each year it's gonna always hold value so uh i love that dibs is doing more and more of that with kind of the iconic type cards for for some of the best players in the league so keep looking out for that uh but yeah you're right let's pivot to our draft so let's talk we'll talk my guys today right well uh yeah let's go through your guys we okay. we cool. will review these more in depth we'll kind of do a dibs uh dedicated episode 
uh, usually each quarter uh, through the season. So maybe week four, week eight, week 12, and week 16, we'll kind of give an update. As you remember, if you listen to episode 19, we did a snake draft with three quarterbacks, one running back, one wide receiver, $100 total budget. We put in $20 on each card, and whoever had the highest ROI at the end of the season walks away with bragging rights yep. and obviously yep. a bigger bag. So absolutely, uh, I'm sure we'll get crushed by Adam, who is the non-card guy of the group, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see how things go. So as you can see here, you can see that Dibs has the valuations tracked for the player's portfolio based off day, week, month, year. We'll be getting more data from Dibs as well to kind of go over these things in more detail and see how prices move based off performance and based off of wins and losses and how MVP odds can improve, you know, all, all sorts of things that we can track along with the price data. So Gary's first round pick was Josh Allen. How has Josh Allen performed over the last month or last yeah. two weeks? I guess well, it would be. Let's talk about him on field and then we'll kind of try that yeah. into the both the dibs market and the card market, right? So uh Josh Allen's been fine. The Bills are one and one. Um they lost maybe a disappointing game to Pittsburgh in week one, but then they came back and we actually talked about it on the last episode. I predicted they they would go in and kind of tear Miami up and they did just that. Uh However, Josh Allen has not been Josh Allen of 2020, has he, Cody? Um, oh, I think no, I lost he, you for a second. No, Josh Allen, sorry about that. No, Josh no, Allen has not been Josh Allen of 2020. In fact, no. he's been quite the opposite to right. start the season. He's been pedestrian, to say the least. I mean, he's, um, I think he's got like a 56% completion percentage, 500-some-odd uh, yards, three and a three-to-one touchdown ratio. You know, last year he was doing those those stats, 500 yards and three touchdowns in, in one game. So, <laughs> and completing well over 56% of his passes. So, obviously, it's early yet. I'm still incredibly bullish on Josh Allen here. Uh, I think, you know, the skill set speaks for himself. His weapons speak for himself. Uh, what I think we've seen the last couple of weeks is a matchup thing. The Steelers have a great defense. Uh, also, I think they were finding success with Miami on the ground with Devin Singletary last week, a little bit more than they expected. Once they built up that big lead, they didn't have to pass as much. Uh, to me, Josh Allen is still very much a buy, but you will see that we're seeing it a little bit in his overall card market if you just look over the last two weeks uh even at just his prism base card now remember that's the 2018 prism has a pop of 1150 uh not too high compared to some of that modern stuff uh we see it's down about 2.35 percent so around 20 dollars uh, average down so uh it's going the last one for 830 dollars. the one before that one for 790 this is coming from a high of let's see over the last three months a high of almost $1,100. So mm -hmm. that is down a little bit. To me, that is a perfectly fine buy. That and Josh Allen, anything rarer. If you look here on dibs, you will see even over the last day, it looks like some people have sold off of their Josh Allen. He's down about 2%, uh, almost $500 on his entire portfolio. Uh, and that looks to be most affected on the uh, rookie prism autograph card which is a silver prism with the autograph on it. That looks to be down on dibs. So some people selling out of his position maybe based off of the first two weeks of the season. Maybe they're scared off of how high of a name he was considered coming into this year. For me, no worry, no concern. I'm still high on Josh Allen, and I would still be buying because I think those uh, buying windows will go away sooner than later once this Bills offense really kicks into form. Yeah, I think this is just a product of them trying to find their footing to start the season. You mentioned the matchup with the Steelers and then going on the road. They really didn't need to do much to put away that Miami team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't need to necessarily spend too much time on Tua today, but Tua was knocked out of that game. And they really, you know, the, the Bills really just handled that game from the very beginning. As you mentioned, man, I think this is a perfect, perfect buying window on Josh Allen, a guy that we expect to contend in big games at the end of the season, hopefully in January, really hopefully in February, especially as your first round pick in this dibs draft. But uh, as you mentioned, buying window, it's going to close soon because as you can see, if you check out our friends at PFF, Josh Allen and the Bills have the third softest remaining schedule. It's really going to open up for these guys. It's I think it's really going to open up for the Bills. I think we're going to see Josh Allen put up the numbers that he did in 2020, maybe better. But uh, yeah, the the rough start to the season is not going to hold for Josh Allen, I would suspect. So if you can't get your hands on the $700, $800 card, uh, the base PSA 10, if, if that's a little bit outside your price range, check out a place like Dibs because if as he continues to perform, just like we expect the card market to, the, the physical card market to respond accordingly, his Dibs market should as well. So uh, yep. very, very, very bullish at the current moment on the Bills offense. Yep. Um, take me through my draft again, Cody, because I yeah. uh, don't have it up in front of me right now, unfortunately, but I believe Kyler Murray was another one of my quarterbacks. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you crushed to, to say the least on your draft. I think your second round pick was in fact, Kyler Murray. Uh, how has Kyler Murray's cards performed to start the season on dibs? 
Yeah. So it looks like we, let's look over the last week or so. So if you look over the last week, which now accounts for the you know two weeks of the season in which Kyler Murray has looked like an absolute stud. Uh, his overall market is up about 3%, 600 total dollars. We have um, about $20,000 in market share in Kyler Murray on dibs here. We have one of his select field level rookies, which I like a lot, the select silver prism rookies. Both of those are silvers uh, in the PSA 10. And, you know, I think for him, we're going to see that market continue to rise as he seems to be. We, and we mentioned this a little bit last week as he seems to be kind of mentioning, uh, reaching uh, peak Kyler Murray, at least up, up to this point in his career. Yeah, we mentioned that last, you know, on, on last week's episode that there's going to be a window as long as he's as long as the Cardinals are continuing to contend. And as long as he kind of keeps his name in that conversation for MVP, he moved from you could get him as, as high as 20 to one this offseason. Uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook for MVP odds, he's now down to seven plus seven fifty. He's like tied for t- tied with Tom yeah. Brady for the best MVP odds behind Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because I have a I, I think what might be a little bit of a contrarian take on how I would handle Kyler's card market, and if I did have a position on dibs that I was looking to sell, I think I've got a little bit of a contrarian take because uh, hear me out. They go on the road for possibly one of the league's worst teams in Jacksonville next week. And as we know, Jacksonville just gave up 328 yards and two touchdowns to Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy too now they're going to be facing Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, AJ Green. Like, <laughs> I don't know how this Jacksonville defense is going to do anything to Big stop Max Kyler Williams. Murray. Yeah, right. It's Max Williams. Exactly. There's so many weapons on this team that you you forget Max Williams. Uh, here's the thing: that field le- field level silver in a PSA 10 that you referenced. Uh, that's that you can see on the screen there on dibs. It's up 32% over the last 30 days in his yep. physical card market, right? Correct. It's just, it, it's it's been kind of a meteoric rise, as you would expect for someone like Kyler Murray uh, in the physical space. Here's what I would do if I was holding Kyler Murray uh, right now, especially physically, because, you know, we can we can get off this dips position at any given time, uh, being able to buy and sell instantly. But if I was holding physical Kyler Murray cards at this moment, I would be scheduling, as Gary has so often talked about, I would be scheduling a draft uh, on eBay. I would schedule that auction for five or seven days, likely to end sometime shortly after that Jacksonville game winds up. I think that there's there might not be a higher point in his market this season as the Cardinals are 3-0, and as he's likely an MVP frontrunner at that point, depending on what happens with Mahomes. I would expect him to dominate this Jacksonville team. So you might not see a better, better buy, but excuse me, a better selling window on Kyler Murray this season, unless he's truly, you know, just just outright wins the MVP award, and, and you've got these astronomical prices. But uh, the schedule is going to get a little bit more difficult than it has been the first three games. And I, you know, I, I, I'm firm believer that Kyler is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. But uh, it's just been a meteoric rise, and sometimes there's some some opportunities to take some profits off the table if you time them out right. So. Am I crazy for wanting to no. sell Kyler after after this week? You're you're not crazy at all, and you just have to take. It's like it's like any other investment. You have to take risk into into account, right? First of all, a couple of things. One, he's a player that uses his legs a lot. Uh, you know, that's just he, that just creates more natural risk when he falls down in the field, when he gets hit, whatever it may be. But so your know, injury risk is is a thing. And also, uh, you're right. Soft schedule right now, and teams will now have uh, however many 15 more weeks of the season to really game plan and try to figure yeah. out this this new enhanced. Uh, evolved Kyler Murray that we're maybe starting to see at the beginning of the season. So I think in all likelihood, you are right as far as, you know, just maybe overall ceiling. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to continue this MVP type season. That's certainly possible. But you also may have opportunities to buy back in when that schedule, uh, you know, hardens up towards the end of the season when the market goes back down. So if you want to take some profits and, and kind of assure them right now, I think that's the way to do it. Uh, we should say just from a Dibs perspective, uh, just kind of taking a look at the history of this car, the one you were just referencing. On car ladder, as you said, it is up 33% over the last week uh, with a pop of 426. It's and it's around um, $10,000, uh, 1060, 1060. Uh, so what, what's happening on dips here, and the reason you see that it's even down at all over the last week and day is because it was sitting under the current value of it for most of the month of September. People got really excited by his first two games, and the people on dips <laughs> shot up and bought yep. a ton of Kyler Murray and to the point where it got well, well over that card's current evaluation. And you just see uh, the reason it's down at all is just kind of evening back out to its current uh, real world value. And so it's kind of sitting back to around there. So overall, Kyler Murray is still about very, very big on dibs since the beginning of the season. 
You bet. Nailed it. All right, let's let's touch on your final pick here, Russell Wilson, because another guy that we think is crushing to start the season. We talked about him last week as a guy. Uh, we we kind of expected them to take care of business at home against the Titans. They did not. They lose in overtime. But Russell Wilson once again looked incredible. Uh, I had I had boldly proclaimed that you would not be able to find Russell Wilson cheaper uh, after this after week two than you would before week two. So what's what's Russell Wilson's market look like heading into week three? Yeah, so on dibs, we see over the last week, uh, all the way up, same thing. I think people got really excited by the first two weeks of that that offense. He looked great. I mean, dude, not, you, nothing might excite me more on the NFL field than like a Russell Wilson connected deep ball. There's <laughs> something about it, man. That guy is it's just beautiful. It's, it is beautiful. Uh, you know, him and Tyler Lockett seem to have that connection going early right now. And, you know, Jeff Swain got in on the action. We're waiting for DK Metcalf to really break out, but he'll get there. And, you know, I think I think that that offense is committed. And, and that's with Chris Carson stealing a couple of his touchdowns, too, in this this past week. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think we'll see, you know, we see uh, overall there's been a 41% increase over the last week. Uh, similar story to Kyler. That's decreased a little bit over the last day or two. But that's kind of these cards just, just popping back up. Uh, do you happen to have his real-world uh, – value as well up in front of you i do not have it pulled up in front of me but i know last looking at that tops chrome that dibs has there was pretty flat after yeah. week after his week two performance i don't know if things have changed yeah. since then it either looks for like the prism card or that rookie ticket card it looks like more of the same um still staying pretty flat so again if you think this basically if you think this uh, seahawks team has a chance in real world that looks like that card last sold for 660 dollars so that seems pretty fair. I mean, in the offseason, it was floating over between that and 800. Uh, so maybe slightly down right now. No real reason for that. That pop is a little over 1,000. So, you know, uh, I think a fine card to invest in, invest in if you ask me. And, uh, you know, there he also has the Prism rookie as well, one of the dual class quarterbacks. So, you know, to me, Russell Wilson's always been a little bit undervalued in the hobby. I don't know why. I've, you've seen these kind of, like this card right here, his contender's ticket. You've seen that card become affordable at times. And, you know, he's somebody that is on a Hall of Fame path. Uh, eventually, I would think to, to one day would get his MVP. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's just compared to some one of the modern day stuff, like this contender's ticket auto, the, the base one, is a pop of 320 with a value of 2700. I mean, you'll see pops of guys like Herbert and Kyler that are much much higher than that for their base tickets uh, yeah. that are also going to be double that in price. So, for whatever reason, maybe it's the older school quarterback, maybe it's not the the new hot thing on the street. Russ's market has seemed undervalued to me and I uh, I I like the bet as far as the dibs draft of someone that maybe finally gets that respect and that due if the Seahawks team is a real contender. Yeah, absolutely. This was a fun fun look in at how things are starting. To start the season, as we know, hot starts can obviously lead to big boosts in a player's overall card market. So really good start for you with the three quarterbacks. Uh, you have the Josh Allen, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray threesome going on. You mentioned a guy that I want to get your take on uh, in his physical card market because we didn't talk a whole lot on skill position players last week. I actually went out and bought myself a Stefan Diggs silver PSA 10 that I just happened to find on eBay doing doing my nightly browse of the PSA 10 search. Uh, I thought it was pretty undervalued. $440 for oh, a that's Stefan steal, Diggs man. silver rookie? PSA 10. The, 20, the 2015 or whatever it was? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah oh, rookie, dude, his rookie card. That's great. I was putting some offers in on those in the offseason, like six, $700. People were declining. Yeah. So that that is a fantastic scoop, man. I'm jealous. Uh, so, so I think I got lucky. Really quick micro point on why I think I got lucky with that bid is the the uh, person selling the card had the starting bid at 400. Mm. So as we've talked about, you know, starting these things at 99 cents or 9.99, or you just just get people involved, right? Get people get people bidding. Get people get the notifications from eBay. They'll continue to bid higher. There were zero bids with like 45 minutes to go. And so then I saw one person that bid 400, and I was like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll I had a bid up to like 540. Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, I'll bid, I'll bid up to 540. So anyway, I got one of those. I wanted to get your thought on somebody like Stefan Diggs, uh, who, as we just mentioned, playing in that Bills offense with Josh Allen. We think that that Bills offense is going to perform better than they have in in the first two weeks. We expect them to be playing late into the season, uh, contending for an AFC title, contending for a Super Bowl at some point. What do you think about about these skill position players like him? He comes from that 2015 Prism class where the pop counts aren't super high. I think that I think I looked at that PSA 10 silver had a pop count of like 11. It's what it still so, is, and and your yeah. your your sale is the last one on card letter right now. So yeah. um, 
makes sense. Give me your give me your take on, Dude, on it, stuff like that. I mean, just as a reasonable investor, it, it makes some sense, right? He was maybe the best receiver in the league last year. He's still yeah. the number one receiver on what is going to be one of the top three dynamic offenses in the league. Uh, he, if you when when you can find those cards. To me, they're such nice buys if you can get it at a reasonable price like you just did because that pop is so low. We are starting to see receivers get more love in in the uh, card game. And he's someone that I don't see why he can't hold up for a while longer. Now, he's been a league now to go, what, this is his sixth season. But um, he seemed to really hit his peak last year in that new offense. And he's, he's dynamic. He's a fantasy stud. Uh, and he's a Terp, which I love. And, right, uh, you know, right. I, I I am all over buys like that, especially for those mid-2010s years where the pops are just going to be astronomically low. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing, because you mentioned DK Metcalf, and DK Metcalf eventually getting his own in this Seattle offense as he's been overshadowed, overshadowed by Tyler Lockett. Uh, DK Metcalf is more expensive than Stefan Diggs right now. And I would say, uh, you know, from from a talent level, from a dynamic level in the league, overall receiver capabilities i would say stefan diggs and dk metcalf are pretty comparable i probably even have diggs over metcalf and these pop counts on on these 2019 2020 rookies is just incredible it's so high and metcalf's already more expensive the pop count's already higher it's just it seems crazy so when i when i can find stuff like that a 2015 rookie and stefan diggs we know is established we know is going to continue to play well as long as he's tied to someone like Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm I'm all over stuff like that. Do you have any thoughts on on Metcalf's yeah. current market? And do you have it pulled up so you can look at what his what, like his silver card is going for? I do. I have a couple of takeaways from this. So so first of all, his silver is at a pop of 104. So you literally have almost a hundred more of the silver, right? Yeah. So that's the refractor. And the current value is six hundred ten dollars. So again, we're already two hundred fifty uh, whatever, you know, a couple, almost two hundred bucks more than than what you paid. But um you know, what really is interesting to me, I'm looking at the year chart of this, right? So if you go back towards the middle and end of last football season, when he was a top three or four, top five receiver, fantasy receiver, whatever you want to call it, dude, that card hit peaks of $1,500, okay? Now, wow. I get the, the pop at that time was maybe 40, 50. It was mm -hmm. a year old, that card. But, you know, this, this, what it really speaks to me is that people get super excited about ultra modern and the recent years yeah. it's the kids that know these players that are buying you know and and younger people that are that have been involved in that product's release so they were breaking like me even like you were getting in when those cars were breaks were breaking that's when you started getting back into the game uh they are they're younger they're fantasy stars there's more of their cards to go around which kind of creates a little bit more of a circulation on ebay so mm -hmm. you know kind of creates a little bit more hype if, if, if that makes sense and what i think it really just says is there will be selling windows for guys like for the last three years type of guys in midseason, right? So if you have your hands on Justin Jefferson silver type stuff, if you have your hands when this stuff comes out right away, even raw on the Jamar Chases, uh, on the Jalen Waddles, and even with these guys, the 2018 class, that great AJ Brown, DK Metcalf class, yep. you know, he's, wait for those huge fantasy weeks. Wait for those Devontae Adams 200 three yards, three touchdown weeks and sell, especially if you have them slabbed up. Because again, oh, yeah. we looked at that card for fifteen hundred dollars based off hype alone last year. That's a six hundred dollar card, which is still still probably a little overvalued for a receiver. So just really be in tune with the season, especially the skill position guys, because quarterbacks will stay. Their value will last in the offseason. Yeah, you'll have peaks and values. We talked about with Josh Allen. Now's a little bit of a buying window. Week nine might be a selling window. Whatever. With the skill position guys, and again, if you're so like me and you, we like digs long term. That's a, just an undervalued card. It's right. a lower pop. But skill position guys with higher pops in recent years, you got you just have to be on top of the season with it. You know, you can't be investing in this stuff if you're not if you're not ready to make moves. And that's one thing where we think we have an edge. And one of the reasons why we really wanted to start this and why card buying and card selling is such a big part of our process is because we're good at projecting these things. We think we're good at projecting these things, right. being so involved in the fantasy space and sports betting space, and you're obviously involved in the props world. If you can project these performances even better than waiting for them, you can do the things like we talked about with Kyler. Like if we think Kyler is going to go out and smash Jacksonville and, and the Cardinals move to 3-0 and and all of a sudden he's like plus 600 to win MVP and people are talking about him on, on SportsCenter and, and all the talk shows as one of the league's best quarterbacks, that sticks in card buyers' minds and, and you can take advantage of that by having an auction end when that hype cycle is at its peak. So just like you said with with Metcalf, if you've got a week where you're looking at your fantasy matchups or where you're looking at just just player props or anything like that, and you think, oh my gosh, DK Metcalf is going to smash this week, start that auction Wednesday night, 
have it run for five days by Monday night when that thing's set to end and he's smashed on Sunday. I mean, that, that, that you're, you're going to find a peak at that point in time. And sometimes you'll be wrong. Sometimes they'll flop and, and you might not get peak sale price, but those are the types of times when you can really maximize that hype window when a player performs well. Conversely, um, or not conversely, maybe hand in hand is, is the better transition here. I, I do think there are times that you can react immediately to a great performance on a primetime game. And if you have a card, like a rookie patch autograph or something, whether it's a skill position or a quarterback that you don't feel comfortable putting to auction just because it's a little bit of a too high value or you have a price in mind, put that up at a price that's like maybe 15% higher than your expected um, return right after or during the game that that player is going off. Uh, so, you know, what's an example? I have a Debo Samuel RPA sitting over here that unfortunately just wasn't home and I didn't have the draft ready to go. But over the last two weeks, especially week one, I was in Vegas, but you know, I, I would have loved to have that thing get up right when he was, you know, yeah. uh, you know, had, had one of his best career games. Right. So, you know, have those drafts ready for those type of instances as well, because you'll get offered for two reasons. One, you're going to get eyes on it right away when he's going off or right after he's going off. And two, um, you will get somebody that's willing to overpay right after that game in anticipation that that market's about to boom. Three, you will get uh, most eyes on it right at that moment because it's newly listed and people are searching for it. So your your views right. are just similar to that Terrence Mann thing we discussed a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. Your views are going to boom right up after their career their career type game or or the game that they went off. So whether it's it's trying to time the auction by projection or getting having those things ready to go for for the correct buy it now at the right time. Either way, there are ways to to maximize your return. Yeah, and the whole point is we're trying to sell to somebody that uh, thinks they're buying at a at a low point, and then they can sell at a higher point. So we know that that's not necessarily the case. These, hype, could be these right. hype windows are short lived. Uh, you it know, could it, be may, right. it may not last seven days. It may not even last a full week. So uh, I think that's that's a good point by you as well. All right, I think we I think we had some good takes on Kyler, on Russ. Uh, obviously, like that you're with me on Stefan Diggs. DK Metcalf, things of that nature, just taking advantage throughout the season, peaks and valleys. Let's get to a guy that made us look like absolute fools after <laughs> week two. Uh, I think we were both concerned about Lamar. Lamar was my first round pick in the Dibs draft. Very excited about Lamar, despite some of the injuries that they had in the offseason. But then they got absolutely decimated by even more injuries, offensive line, cornerbacks, uh, wide receiver injuries. Marquise Brown was banged up. I just could not get over how many people were injured on the Ravens offensive on the Ravens offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball. And so I got terrified. I was I was ready to sell everything that I had. I was ready to walk away from Lamar completely, especially after the Raiders loss. And then they go out as 3.5 point home underdogs against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. And they win. They win 36-35, fourth and one rushing conversion for Lamar. They've got the whole storyline with with Harbaugh asking Lamar if he wants to go for it. Was in the news cycle for a full seven days. Lamar looks like an absolute legend, and he just shoves it down our throat. So okay. how wrong were we for being as concerned as we were about Lamar and the Ravens? Or are you still concerned? Was that, was that just a, a short-term, short-lived blip? You know, I, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna toe the middle here and take a wait and see approach <laughs> on the, the still concern because honestly, I really was concerned about their preseason injuries. Concerned that this team maybe wasn't as uh, good talent wise as maybe two years of the two years ago Lamar team. Um, you know, concerned about what how the way Lamar looked in week one, but that's why we don't try. We shouldn't overreact to week one the way yep. we did. Yep. Uh, but you know, it was I, I feel I'm happy for him. I really am because he finally got that at least in the regular season he got that Chiefs you know win under his belt in this kind of mini rivalry that's been there for the last three years or so. And uh, you know, listen, the guy's a stud. We know he's a stud. He's a, he's a fantastic athlete, a fantastic player that can, can will his team to wins. And when the, when, you know, when, when, then here's the thing, the chief's defense is not very good. Yeah. I think that's going to be a problem for them week in, week out, especially against uh, very good offenses. So that's kind of why I want to uh, take that wait and see approach. But you know, I I don't know. I'm still not super super high or bullish on that Ravens team or offense altogether. But yeah. Lamar could do this many times over and make us look stupid again uh, and win people fantasy weeks and et cetera et cetera. Yeah, I would not be shocked if they are just a one man band and he just has has enough yeah. to get it done. But I, I'm with you that 14 players on injured reserve, as many injuries as they're dealing with at key positions. Uh, yeah, I'd rather either toe the middle and just hold if I've got anything and wait take a wait and see approach or, or just certainly uh, I'm not in a buying mode right now on anything Lamar related, but uh, 
another another game and another set of quarterbacks that made us look bad in week two. If you guys didn't listen to episode 20 because it was just released Saturday morning, uh, apologies for that. Gary was getting back from Vegas. I've been extremely busy with the showdown articles on the site. Uh, so we got that one out a little bit late, but we did build uh, a lineup to try and win, try and get ourselves into the Board Ape Yacht Club, which neither of us are in, sadly. And, and sadly, we're still not in the Board Ape Yacht Club because our lineup sucked. <laughs> the the can't miss the can't miss game of the week the can't miss stack of the week the Chargers and the Cowboys absolutely let us down uh we didn't even discuss a late swap because we were probably too busy tilting our other lineups oh, yeah. to to worry about late swapping and anything that would have gotten us there but I don't think we had a shot anyway but no. uh, I, I highly encourage you guys if you didn't listen to episode 20 at least go go check out the very end of that episode you can you can kind of get an idea of how Gary and I build through DFS lineups with a, with an approach of like an all for nothing, uh, everything to first type of type of lineup where we try to win this board API out club and, and obviously fall short. So Gary, the Chargers sucked. The Cowboys sucked. Anything to take away from our DFS process or anything to take away from the markets of Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert? Yeah, let's let's save a Herbert conversation for the end of this this segment because I think he's probably the, the biggest mm-hmm. takeaway as far as long term projection and, and, and short term. But um yeah, I mean, I, I had thirty percent Herbert stacks in my build uh, for for the Millie. So, yeah. and, and and you know what's crazy? I had like twenty percent Kyler, so I was okay. Like I, I almost broke even. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know it, and and I missed on Derrick Henry too. So like my build must have been freaking airtight if I had that much Chargers and and uh, still missed on Derrick Henry. But I, I I don't know what happened. That game was a complete dud. The refs freaking suck, by the way. And maybe this is my Giants fans coming through, but I I could have swore they were rigging that game for Dallas. Like every single time something good <laughs> happened for the Chargers, they got taken back. Like like literally seven or eight times in that game, I was going nuts. But it didn't matter because you know what? I faded Dak altogether because I figured he couldn't have a better game than Herbert here, and at least that was right because he did nothing fantasy wise either. And this game just completely dudded out. Uh, Keenan Allen, which I said I believe on the thing was the most sure thing on the slate. Uh, maybe in cash games, I think he still ended up with almost eighteen points, but. Uh, you know, nothing. The only thing we got right there was big Mike will uh, continuing to be more than just that outside go threat that he had been up to this point in his career. But, you know, listen, we took a shot. Uh, none of those made, you know, we, we talked about that 6,100 tier running back between Montgomery, mm-hmm. Zeke and Najee. Uh, Najee was okay. Zeke got, you know, uh, really st- taken over by Pollard for a lot of that game and also was okay. So we did end up picking the worst of the three, but either way, none, <laughs> none of those three guys were winning it for us. So um, we took a shot. I still think in logic that the Chargers stack and, and going in on that game was right, but should have faded the chalk, man. Should have just faded yeah. the chalk or, or done some late swap type stuff, whatever. But uh, sometimes I, I like eating chalk if, if I go over it. And, you know, in a single entry like this, we probably should have just faded it, but it is what it is. All right. No, no one cares about a millionaire makers win, a millionaire maker winner lineup who a losing lineup no one cares yeah, about that no one wants to hear that. our sob story because I, I go, because I go obviously, crazy with DFS stuff. <laughs> <laughs> obviously you're not uh you're not sweating it in the dfs streets too bad but you mentioned justin herbert he's probably the biggest takeaway from this game and his card market going forward after the loss to dallas at home they're one and one now the schedule really gets tough for yeah. the Chargers. week three they go to kc Week four and five, they've got Las Vegas and Cleveland at home. And, and as we can talk about, this Vegas team is really overperforming what we expected this offseason. And then they're at Baltimore in week six before the bye. So, I mean, I think they could walk away over the next four games with potentially three losses. Uh, and then you're looking at a one and four or maybe even two losses. You're looking at a two and two Chargers team. We obviously had had high expectations for Herbert this season. His market is sky high. He's the, the, the crown jewel of last year's class. I don't expect anyone to overly panic on Justin Herbert, but uh, what, what should we be doing with, with Herbert? If we've got ungraded Herbert cards, if we're holding slabs, what should we be doing with Herbert right now as he heads into kind of a tough part of his sophomore season? Yeah. Um, I think this week, let's just take this week for, for example, is actually mm-hmm. an opportunity for him to rebound even in a loss. So he's basically entering a similar game environment. He was last week, just on the road, as far as an over under is concerned, the chief's defense is really bad. If he can go into Arrowhead in a tough environment and kind of step it up, at least from a statistical standpoint, even if they come out of there with a loss, I think that uh, Herbert investors will be encouraged, but it's from there that you, you, you get concerned. So I would actually take a wait and see approach for this coming week. I think that he could help himself out again. And then if you're really concerned at an Owen three team, um, they'd be zero three, right? They lost week one. You you had said you were just you were, uh they they beat the football team, right? So, so they'd be the, you're right, right? So okay, so one say one. A one a one and six. So you'd be overly concerned about a one and two team that was about to enter two tough games and maybe a tough schedule coming up. 
and you know, you're just worried a little bit about a sophomore slump in general, I would say see if he can perform. You know, say he has 340 yards and three touchdowns this week, even in a loss, something like that. Uh, I have no problem with if you wanted to sell off of some Justin Herbert at that point and kind of just just because you just don't know if the season can only go further down from there. I'm not panicking because I still believe in the talent. I still believe in him, but he's still always been more of a long-term play to me, especially when that market kind of got super, super hot. Um, you know, I, I wasn't buying in anymore. I've sold a little bit here and there for some mid and lower end stuff. But if you see that that market starts to go down a little bit, um, I would probably take a, uh, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable with, with holding, I'm fine holding until towards the end of the season or into year three even. Uh, but if he does come to show play this week, I've, I think this would be your time at least over the next month or so to maybe kind of take some some off the table. Yeah, from a team that really struggled in week two in the Chargers and, and has an upcoming tough schedule looming, to a team that uh, we thought might be tanking in week one with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or was was rumored to be tanking in some from some media outlets. Uh, Green Bay bounces back. Obviously, that was that was highly expected as 12 point home favorites against the Lions. No one I, I don't think was projecting them to lose. Although I did see uh, a better as Darren Ravel tweeted out had a 16 leg parlay. Yeah, that on was twenty five dollar. I hope he bet. hedged. Hope he hedged. Oh. So here's my thought. Someone that's betting a $25 free bet uh, to win 475K probably is not does not have the proper funds to properly hedge that. You <laughs> but, call you know, anyone, people... you call everybody you know. Every get, gather you... as much money as you possibly can and hedge that thing. Yeah, I think I think based off of the odds, if they had hedged, they could have locked up like a hundred K profit. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. yeah, exactly. Anybody with with any sort on of twenty five dollars. Yeah, on twenty five <laughs> bucks. The worst part is they couldn't buy out because it was a free bet. Right. right. Ugh, brutal. Brutal. Yeah, anyway, Green Bay Green Bay takes care of business. They bounce back. Aaron Rodgers looks fine like he's not tanking. In fact, he came on Pat McAfee's show today and, and you know acknowledged the rumor uh, that was that was floating around there because they just looked so bad uh, against the Saints. But uh, they bounce back, take care of business in Detroit. Anything to take away from, from the two Aarons, Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Yeah, let's just use it. Aaron Rodgers' market is what Aaron Rodgers' market is. Yeah. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback of all time, maybe top five quarterback of all time, whatever you want to consider it. He's won a Super Bowl. He's just came off another MVP. He has plenty of football left. Uh, he's a safe. He's, he's the safest investment that's still playing that isn't Tom Brady. So uh, maybe Patrick Mahomes, uh, but he's, he's right up there. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can hold and you'll be fine. Uh, I want to talk about guys like Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams because yeah. um, Aaron Jones, if they're going to let Aaron Jones cook like they did last night, and if, if, if Rodgers is, is actually going to be looking at him as maybe his like second target, which maybe that was just the game plan last night. The Lions, as Peyton and Eli were talking about a lot in the first half, the, the Lions were playing a lot of cover too. They were keeping a lot of it underneath, which resulted in a lot of Aaron Jones receiving production and obviously the four touchdowns. But you know, a guy that we, we don't talk about running backs too much on here, you could scoop up his silver prism rookies raw for like 15 bucks. Oh, yeah. I have no problem finding, you know, anyone you could find of something like that. I have no problem just scooping that kind of stuff up and then eventually or sending to a company like SGC or eventually when those grading tiers open back up, you get them out there because there's only 155 pop of his silver 2017 prism. Uh, again, those I believe were only silver prisms that year. So again, 155 pop, it's about a hundred dollar card and you could have gotten that for 67 before this last performance. So, yeah. um, you know, again, I think guys like that that are first-round fantasy players that are going to continuously be one of the best offenses in football and produce, you have money-making opportunities there. Or if you're just a collector, um, you know, if you think he has a longer career, obviously running backs' careers are, are quite volatile. But if you think he's somebody that has a longer career and a good offense, uh, I have no problem picking those kind of cards up. All right, we touched on a lot of stuff that we're looking ahead to for week three and beyond, rest of season type of stuff. But there's one big, big, big name that we forgot to mention uh, that I think a lot of people, media outlets, will be talking about is we're one week away from the Brady return. At least after this week, we'll be one week away, right? Week four, Brady yep. heads back to New England. Uh, he's also got a chance to, I think, break the all-time passing yards record in New England, right? I think he's 499 yards away. Uh, it's going to be a pretty wild story if he actually breaks that, which uh, I think he's a huge favorite to do so in New England. Yeah. Uh, you thought there might be a, a little bit of a bump to his market going back to New England. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure that Tampa Bay team that looks like just an absolute monster is going to take care of business against a rookie quarterback. Uh, Brady gets a win against Belichick. I mean, the, all the storylines are going to be floating out there. So you think we'll see a little bit of a bump for Brady's market after that game? I don't know. It's 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 more speculative than anything else, but it's sure. mixed with the fact that the guy has freaking nine touchdowns and he's forty four years old in two weeks. Like, what is going on? Like, I it, it does it, it defies logic. It defies physics. Uh, but uh, he is. It's going to be the biggest Brady storyline, obviously, since he won the Super Bowl. 
in, in Tampa, but probably one of the biggest football storylines in years, obviously Brady returning yeah. to New England. And, and usually the same in the same respect as when like guys get inducted to the Hall of Fame, you'll see a little spike in their market. Um, you know, whoever it may be, you know, when, when the, when the news cycle is that hot on one topic, you see at least an increase in interest, an increase in interest leads to an increase in, in, uh, sales An increase in sales usually leads to a bump, uh, overall, uh, especially when things are that rare, like, like rare Tom Brady stuff is. So that's my theory. Not sure if it'll definitely come to fruition, but it's more of just a, Hey, keep an eye. If you, you know, if, if, if you are lucky enough to have some of that stuff, I think it's as safe as Jordan. I think it's as safe as LeBron really early stuff. Like I, you don't have to get rid of it, but if you're looking for a, a time to, you know, it's going to be very hard to pick and choose windows with Tom Brady because that stuff's never really, really yeah. going down anymore. So maybe, maybe after next week or going into next week, it's, it's a time that you can consider it. And a lot of you probably aren't holding on to too many right. uh, right. high end Brady stuff. But if you, I mean, if you are, you're probably like Gary or I, you've probably got a lot of it on dibs or collectible or one of these, these, or even uh, rally, someone, someone like that, one of these flat fractional platforms that has offered the higher end Brady stuff. And if you have got the ability to sell with a trading window or like on dibs at the 24 seven marketplace and, and you do see a little bump, maybe a good time to take profits off the table. But like, like you said, Gary, I mean, there's the, the, the Brady market isn't cooling off anytime soon, especially as it looks like, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously the favorites from the NFC to compete for his eighth Super Bowl ring, which sounds absolutely asinine to say out loud. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't see there to be any reason why his market would cool off anytime soon. That's no. probably the safest bet long term as you can make. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Any any other things to take away from week two? Anything else we should look forward to for week three and beyond? Any other speculative bets you want to give the people? No, I think we're at a good spot. Obviously, we're going to be doing football on every show throughout yeah. the football season, like at least in some capacity, even if it's not our main topic, maybe when uh, the World Series is here, when the NBA kind of heats back up and maybe we'll focus on some uh, some different things with with some guests and, and things like that. But uh, NFL will have a presence on every single show. So we, we don't have to. Uh, we're already 46 minutes in and we've done all NFL. So <laughs> I think I think we're at a good spot. I'm excited for week three. I'm uh, going to start really looking at the slate uh, probably tomorrow morning and really start diving in. So uh, excited for what's ahead. Been enjoying the football season so far. All right. We have reached the portion of the show where I am going to slide my chair back. I'm going to kick my feet up on my desk, put my hands behind my back and just watch and listen as you do your thing. I have, I have, and this is, this is sad for me to say as a collector, this is sad for me to say that it has recently gotten into more baseball cards and trying to uh, sell some of the cards that I picked up earlier in the season, but uh, boy, I'm, I'm really checked out of the MLB playoff race, really checked out of the MLB card market. So hand raised on this one, I'm going to bow out. I'm going to give, uh, give the floor to Gary as he kind of talks through just an MLB check-in in general on the AL side, some of the playoff races and some of the players card markets who are going to hopefully heat up over the next couple of weeks and months as they compete for a title. Yeah, yeah. I think we're overdue for a check-in on MLB. We got about a week and a half left on the season, meaning uh wild card games are coming soon, big high profile matchups. I'll give the base MLB I'll give baseball this. The playoff matchups uh over the last couple of years have been very good. There's been a lot of entertaining baseball. Now some people might think that's an oxymoron, entertaining in baseball. I don't always, especially in the playoffs. So I think you're going to see some of those young stars that we spoke about towards the, at the beginning of the season really have their time to shine. I want to talk about a couple of those guys, talk about the MVP race. Today, let's just keep it to AL uh, as we wind down here. And then on next Tuesday's episode or next week, we will get to the NL which has a little bit of a tighter MVP race, but maybe not some, uh, not as many interesting names, young names in the card market. So I think AL is a good place to check in here. So overall, again, as I said, uh, a wild card race in AL is kind of where we're looking here. The divisions all seem to be locked up. Basically, you got the Astros that are going to take the AL West. Once again, they've been you know, a perennial contender for now for the better part of seven, eight years. The White Sox, that young, hot White Sox team that everyone had speculated might make a run this season is going to take the AL Central. They have that locked up. And the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, are unfortunately going to take the AL East once again. So the division teams are locked up. Where it gets very interesting is that AL wildcard race. And again, if you're unfamiliar, there's a play-in game for between the two wildcard teams to see which team actually gets to play in a regular series. So as of right now, the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays have kind of been on an absolute tear the last six weeks, been the best team of baseball by all accounts, and they are sitting atop the wildcard race. 
uh, in that number two spot, they would be expecting to right now to play their division rival, the Yankees division rival as well, the Boston Red Sox. Right behind them are the Yankees at a half game back, but they just won tonight, so they might be tied with Boston. They're right around there for that. So there's there's an AL East battle for that second wild card spot. Oakland's kind of lingering in the background as well. So I wanted to talk about those teams, the Yankees, the Blue Jays particularly. And, you know, if whoever sneaks in, uh, you know, there's some interesting names to really keep an eye on there. And I'll touch a little bit on some White Sox guys, too. Uh, overall, with the Yankees, it's been incredibly disappointing. They lost 13 games. In, I mean, they won 13 games in a row, and then it, which was one of the best winning streaks of, of my life. And then they immediately tanked from there. Um, I have no faith in them to even win that wild card game if they go there. So take that for what you will. You got about another nine days of maybe, you know, if Aaron Judge really turns it on, his market down is down a little bit. His 2013 Bowman Chrome autographs about down about 10% the last month in a, in a BGS 9510. Uh, they had young hot names like Labor Torres, who I was very excited about coming into the season as a real big, uh, you know, gear four, I guess, of everyday player bounce back candidate. And he's a lost cause, man. Like I'm, I'm at the point with Labor that I just don't think he's a good baseball player anymore, which is a shame. Uh, but I've seen enough now to really think that and he was such a hot prospect you know the, of the carlos correa type of the george springer type of course those guys work out for houston uh, the one guy we have didn't didn't seem to work out but he's got like a bad he's betting like 215 five homers oh, or something no. with a, or seven home runs with a, a half not under one war um you add that with the fact that the Yankees actually have a really hot shortstop prospect coming up, Anthony Volpe. Uh, if you see his name out there in the eBay card streets, he was in the 2020 Bowman class, same one as Jason Dominguez. He's cracked the top 100. He's cracked the Yankees' top two prospects, I believe. And he looks like the shortstop of the future for the Yankees. He's a, he's a hometown kid, um, kind of has a Jeter quality about him, people seem to think. And his market's up huge. I've been selling some of his Sapphire-based stuff, but I'm holding his auto stuff. I really believe in, in him long term. So he's coming for him. Overall, there's not too much, too much to love in that Yankees market. They have Gallo. They have Stanton. It's a lot of guys that have been around for a while, power hitters. Um, you know, nothing huge there. The only name that's interesting, maybe Garrett Cole is still in that Cy Young conversation. Of course, he's coming off a game that he just got rocked. So keep an eye. If the Yankees sneak into that wild card game, Garrett Cole has a 14-strikeout dominant performance and sneaks them in, then, hey, they have a little bit of a window maybe for buying right now. But I'm not too hot on the Yankees overall. Transitioning to their rival, the Toronto Blue Jays, they have the best young roster in baseball as far as I'm concerned. You know, the the White Sox, everyone thought it was them with Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, uh, Tim Anderson. Uh, the Blue Jays freaking have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who, in my opinion, should be the MVP. They have Marcus Simeon, who is not a young player anymore, but is just top three, four shortstop in baseball these days. Teoscar Hernandez, maybe the most underappreciated young outfielder in the league. Bo Bichette, the most underappreciated short young shortstop in the league who we spoke about at length and is also having just an excellent, excellent season. So I'll start with Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. To me, two of my favorite buys. I actually think Vlad is still a buy. Uh, he is freaking ridiculous. So first of all, he's plus 750 in the MVP race right now. Otani's like a minus something a thousand favorite or something like that it's it's crazy that we've almost come full circle on this because i remember doing an episode early in the baseball season well probably about about the halfway point uh of the baseball season where the, this race was neck and neck and then shohei yep. started to pull away now recently as i'm getting back into kind of reconsuming my baseball content I'm, I'm starting to hear more people that are in the same camp as you that vlad maybe should be con more more in contention for the al mvp than he is but i don't know maybe shohei's just done enough to this point it's that it's the pitching hitting thing, and he's been yeah. actually great at both. But Vlad is on all worldly at the hitting right. side right now. Like one of the best hitting seasons that I can remember. I mean, he's batting 320, 46 homers, 105 RBIs. He's got a, you know, as I said, 320 batting average, 410 on base, 620 slugging with over a one OPS. Those are insane numbers, 6.6 .6 war. Now I get Otani's got, you know, insane numbers himself, but, you know, he's got another week and a half. He's probably going to crack 50 home runs. Uh, and you know, he's only in his third year or whatever. He's breaking numbers that his dad never even hit. And he had yeah. one of the best careers of all time. Uh, so, you know, it's just ridiculous. The guy's insane. He's reached all hype and more. And despite those numbers, that high pop stuff, meaning like the Roman Chrome prospect, just base that has about 2000 pop or just his tops Chrome PSA 10 has uh, about 5,000 pop. That stuff stayed pretty stagnant. And for those reasons, to me, he's a buy because I see the Blue Jays kind of cracking through this AL wildcard at this point. There's no reason to think they can't. They have been much better than the Red Sox, much better than the Yankees. Uh, his rare stuff will continue to increase. I have no doubt about that. But that higher pop stuff 
is not so high like that Zion number. It's not even so high like Luis Robert, who I'm going to talk about in yeah. a second. You know, it's half of that. So I think there's certainly opportunity to 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 grow there. And if we see we get to see that guy on the big stage, guess who's not going to be on the big stage? Shohei Otani. You know who is going to be yeah. on the big stage? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, at least for one game. So you might see peaks in that AL wildcard game, at least an anticipation peak. So like. I would maybe consider if you have really some of his rare stuff and you need to get out of it before the season ends just to liquidate, I would consider selling that morning. Like try to end it the day up leading up. That's when the hype will be the highest because people will be anticipating that he hits three home runs or whatever. And you take that risk because the anticipation going into that wild card game will be enough for Vlad there. Um, so yeah, I have a good amount of Vlad and I'm happy about it. I thought that I yeah. would have wanted to sell out in the regular season, but once you've seen that kind of higher pop stuff level off, like Vlad to me is, is as, as sure of a thing uh, as you can have for a while now in the league. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. What about these guys on the White Sox? Because those were the two guys. They were injured uh, during the early part of the season. Those were the guys that I was buying during that injury dip in Eloy and Lewis Robert. Uh, I secured enough of those that I think, I don't even know, I think I've sold off most of that position at this point. Just their just their Bowman Chrome and even their Topps Chrome stuff. Um, higher pop count stuff, lower, lower value, but being able to stack those up and being able to get off positions at different times was appealing to me with yeah. someone that's working with a little bit lower bankroll. So, totally. you know, $7,500 at a, uh, a pop for Eloy and, you know, then 125, 150 at a pop for, for Lewis Robert for some of his yeah. Bowman Chrome stuff was, was really appealing and low risk. And, you know, people really panicked and people really sold off during that entry dip. And as these guys made the return and the White Sox continued to perform and, and one of the most, even for someone like me, who's a casual fan, one of the most exciting teams in baseball I mean, the 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 pop in their market as soon as those guys came back from injury was was substantial enough for me just to offload that position. So where are their markets standing right now? Yeah, yeah. So it's a great point. I mean, obviously, um, you you didn't get rich off of those Robert sales, but you you right. certainly made money, right? It's he's yeah. up uh, what twelve percent over the last three months, and probably even more than that over the last four or five. So, uh, you know, he's it, it just from the Bowman Chrome card that you're referring to. He's looked great since coming back. Luis Robert. And this is, again, the guy that was one of the biggest prospects. Actually, he was probably the biggest prospect since Vlad. So over the last three years, we've seen Robert and Vlad be probably the two biggest AL, uh, you know, at least homegrown type prospects. And, you know, he has been really, really good to come back. He's batting 350 on the season with a, a 3.3 war, and he's only had around 250 at-bats. So those are really, really good numbers. He flashes, he's fast, he's got power, and he's somebody that everyone's been excited about for a long time for good reason. Now, because of that, and because his 2020 Topps paper rookie card came right at the boom, that pop is insane. It's now yeah. eclipsed the 10,000 mark. So again, we just comparing apples to oranges with uh with him and Vlad but the reason I'm a buy on Vlad is because you know that's still half of that right 5000 and this card is up 42% since the injury over the last 3 months and it's still over 50 bucks a card at for the paper for a $10,000 card all right wow. that's a huge market cap on that card right yeah. and um so that card you know I have a bunch of them I will probably if the White Sox have success in this coming postseason here, I will sell off some of that position as well. But I also have Topps Chrome. I also have Topps Chrome Ben Baller edition. So they're still kind of the, uh, just a little bit rarer within that base environment. I like a lot of that. Um, and I think for him and Eli both, I'm waiting to see, because you know they're at least going to have one full series here in the playoffs. Wait for those guys to, to kind of step up, step into the big spotlight, see if they can step up and perform. Because, you know, again, you're not, especially if you have kind of that higher pop stuff, which I'm assuming, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in, you have those, that's, that might be what you do have. There's no point in selling off right now at the peak of their markets in this season um, when they're about to enter the playoffs and they have those, those cards of high pops, at least right. wait a couple of weeks for those two guys. Uh, that That's what I would do. That makes a ton of sense. What about your, your final, final team listed here? You've got the Houston Astros, your favorite team, uh, the trash can <laughs> bangers in Bregman and Jordan Alvarez what do you think about their markets? Uh, just looking at odds, it looks like they're one of the favorites to come away with this thing. Uh, I've, I bought a few Bregman cards because he was injured as well. I thought somebody that I could uh, take advantage of as he returned from injury and hopefully the, the Astros made a playoff push. Uh, I haven't really looked at how that cards, those cards have been performing over the last couple of weeks and months, but uh, anything to add on the Astros? Yeah, Jordan's an interesting guy to me. I actually think he's undervalued. He's, he was uh, rookie of the year two years ago, I guess, 2019. He has played most of the season, batting uh, 278, 31 home runs, going to eclipse 100 RBIs. Uh, just a good, young power hitter, lefty, burly. Uh, the Astros have as good of a chance of winning it all as anyone. And, you know, somebody that I would be buying a little bit of 
anything from the mid to, to higher end right now. You know, he, even his tops Chrome PSA 10 is only a $35 card. To me, that's so undervalued. Now it's a $2,300 pop. Remember, we just talked about a $10,000 pop on Luis Robert. So, um, at least for the tops paper, you know, for the tops Chrome for Luis Robert, let me just get that actual comparison point up. But, um, you know, that is a 9,000 pop. So again, still almost double in that sense. So I, uh, I, I like Luis, or it's triple, quadruple. Uh, I like Luis, uh, Jordan, sorry, Jordan Alvarez as a buy going into this playoffs. Uh, Bregman, I'm with you still. He seems to have a nose for the big stage. Him and Altuve both. I do think there's still lingering effects of people just not liking that team very much. That's impacting yeah. the card market a little bit. Uh, so I kind of take a wait and see there. But their names to keep an eye on, they're going to be heard from again this offseason. They have a bunch of good players. Uh, and I, I would prefer to invest in in some of the younger guys with longer-term value in case he gets stuck a little bit with somebody like Jordan. Such an exciting time in the hobby. We've got MLB postseason action heating up. Obviously, NFL season in full swing now, which I think is is kind of our expertise. And then, man, NBA, NBA action is going to be right around the corner. We're going to be very busy. Lots of things to continue to track. Hopefully, we can get you guys ahead of these things, uh, ahead of buying windows, ahead of selling windows, it's money making season, boys and girls. Oh, this yeah. is this is when we we make our bread right now. We've got every sport seemingly in action and plenty of movement in the sports card market. So, uh, with with all of those things, very very excited about everything that's happening in the hobby. Do you want to touch on quick before we get out of here today? Any upcoming releases? Because I think we have a few that are at least noteworthy. Yeah. Uh, recent releases and upcoming releases before totally. we record next. What what do we got Let's, on the docket in the hobby it. as far as new releases? Yeah, well, speaking on basketball, I just want to touch. It's in a weird time with basketball where we're, we're, we're still having, because everything was so pushed back and, and with the pandemic, we're still having the 2021 releases roll out. And we yeah. actually just have one of the biggest ones uh, there, in, in my opinion, the second biggest of the flagship Chrome base that we talk about, the Donruss Optic did just come out last week. Uh, it's uh, It looks great. The cards are, are as nice as ever, the rated rookie symbol. I'm just looking right now just for some comparison points. Lamello Ball looks like a raw, hollow Lamello Ball uh, which is the silver for a variation from the optic just sold for $660 tonight, just Ooh. raw. So, um, you know, those cards oh and, a, and a base sold for <laughs> 75, his bases are going for 70 bucks. Like that's crazy, man. You get those sell that right away. Uh, but the, they look good. Uh, it's good to know that those cards are finally out. We have a couple more lingering 2021 releases, most notably flawless, which doesn't have a release date yet, but finally those are closing. And we're going to start seeing Cade Cunningham stuff come out in the 21-22 class. And that right. starts with the draft picks. We talk about this. They're college uniforms. Same thing in football as it is in basketball. But next week, we have uh, Chronicles draft picks, which is kind of an array of a mix of products together um, uh, or a mix of, of brands, Panini brands that they put into one. Uh, people like those a lot. Sometimes they'll throw um, like a prism in there or um, – you know, some, some cool cards. So uh, I'm not a big draft picks guy, but if you want to get your hands wet or get your hands on some of the upcoming new, uh, you know, college class that's coming, coming out, uh, that will start next week. We have Bowman Chrome Baseball coming out tomorrow as well. We've talked about the different types of Bowman releases. There's draft, there's regular, and there's Chrome. Chrome will have some new first uh, prospect cards in there. Um, you know, take a look at that checklist, see if anyone interests you, but that comes out tomorrow. So always good to get some more first rookie and Chrome baseball out there. And then football will start to come folks. Uh, we actually don't have a lot of release dates on football right now. The next one uh, of note is October 6th. So in a couple of weeks, it's Panini origins football. I'll show you what that looks like a little bit. Nice cards to me, always a little undervalued. Here's a Herbert RPA from origins. Um, so you can see uh, they have RPAs, they have sticker and on card. This one's actually a sticker auto. I don't know if you can really see it there, but a nice patch in there. Um, all pro uniform stuff. I also, they have some booklet stuff. I have this card as well. A Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts dual uh, rookie patch booklet auto. They have cool stuff like that. Yeah, yep. and it's I like it actually. I think it's an undervalued product. So that's a that's a fun one coming out. And then after that, I think we'll get Prism. We're going to get Optic. We'll get all that. We don't have the release dates on it yet. My guess will be November, December 2021. Those things will come out. So have some patience towards that last two quarters of the NFL season. That stuff will come out. So it'll come out hot and heavy because at that point, we'll know who's Rookie of the Year favorites. We'll know who MVP's favorites. Uh, those cards are going to come and hit the ground running fast. And then, of course, can't not mention, we got the Formula One year two coming back, baby. October 20th, uh, Topps Chrome's coming out. I'm sure Sapphire will come out soonly, soon after that. Uh, it won't be as good of a class as last year, which had the George Russell, Lando Norris uh, rookies in there. But 
They will have Nick Schumacher's rookie, who's obviously a huge name, and just another year of Lewis Hamilton, another year of Max Verstappen, another year of the Formula One. We're excited for that. Uh, so a lot of good releases still coming out, coming into uh, the fall time here. So it's good stuff. Did you say obviously Mick Schumacher? Like anyone should know what what that what that name is. You know Michael I, Schumacher. Although I will say I don't, but I will yeah, say that man, I, people might have think might have thought that I was joking at the front of last week's episode when I said that people were clamoring for their F one update. No, I'm man, not freaking not kidding, man. That's all not people joking. are asking for is an F one update. So. It is. It's, also, it's, also, I'm not going to let you slip this by the the mentioning the Chronicles draft picks with Cade Cunningham. <laughs> We're not talking about Cade Cunningham, buddy. We're talking about Jalen Green here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about Jalen Green here. This is the class of Jalen Green. So, wait, wait, wait. I, yes, I like Jalen Green. I'm big, I'm big on Suggs this, this is the class of Jalen Green. We like it. We like it. We're, you, heard, you heard it here first. This is a Jalen Green podcast, okay? We will not hear any of that Cade Cunningham uh, slander <laughs> in here. Uh, if you, It's a Jalen podcast. If you want to throw Suggs in there too, I'll allow it. But it's a Jalen podcast. Let's and, do it. Uh, all right, cool, man. I think this is a good place to stop. We, we, we have some fractional stuff we want to touch on next week maybe, and uh, obviously we'll keep going with the NFL. I'm going to do an NL check-in next week, but anything anything else to add on your end? No, I think we I think we crushed it. This, there was a lot going on. Uh, there's going to be a lot continuing to go on. Obviously, with, with UFC, you'll be busy paying attention to F1 and baseball as well. Base, basketball is really going to start heating up pretty quickly. I mean, we should really do an episode here soon about any you know last-minute off-season buys before yeah. the season starts, good point. which I think is a great idea. But yeah, as you mentioned, a lot of stuff going on in the fractional streets. We want to touch on all of that. A lot of stuff happening with the DraftKings slash autograph NFTs. Uh, I think I underestimated that market quite a bit. And I know there's a lot of people talking about that market. So we need to give an update there. Uh, and I need to take an L on, you know, just my expectation of that market in general, because it, it has been very hot. But uh, we'll save all of that for next week and next week's update with the NL next week update after week three. Uh, don't forget, guys, as I mentioned at the top that we've got this this little three card UFC comes out Chimaev. He fights on October 30th. Stop now if you're listening to the recording and go subscribe rate review the podcast if you have not i've got a base uh sorry a red a silver and a base i'll give away the silver and the base when we hit 100 and i'll give away this one when we hit 150 so go do that now we are very close help us grow the show help us reach more people in the hobby help us make uh, more informed collectors out there better buyers better sellers it's it, it helps everyone absolutely so, Absolutely. And by the time you listen to next week's episode, I'm planning on owning some Tiger Woods, Sapphire, Sign, Carbon, Premier, something or other NFTs that I've just been du you know, dusted with so far. So uh, that that's my plan. I've, I've yeah, gone over on all the yeah, drops that I've tried too. to enter and I've just been so burned. I'm so tilted with the DraftKings autograph NFT, but the market is incredibly hot and we should acknowledge that we've, yep. we've missed out. Uh, it's time to not miss out any longer. We'll talk. We'll get to that. We're talking, we'll get to all talking that. Tiger next week, baby. Get get excited. We're, we're yeah, talking Tiger. Let's go the goat. All right, for Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>